coming up on Philosophy Talk. The world isn't run by weapons anymore, or energy, or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. TV, email, Facebook, YouTube, satellite, podcasts, Google Books, blogs, radio, MySpace, Twitter. Too much information. There's a war out there, old friend. And it's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. What we see and hear, how we work, what we think. It's all about the information. Could there be too much information? Isn't the world just a construction out of spam? Our guest is David Weinberger, author of Everything is Miscellaneous, The Power of the New Digital Disorder. Too much information, coming up on Philosophy Talk after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, too much information. Too much information for what, Ken? Well, John, to answer that question, we need to go back in time. Some of our listeners will be too young to remember, but once upon a time, a long, long time ago, if you wanted to find a book, you went to this place, a place called a library, and you searched using this ancient artifact, this thing called a card catalog. The card catalog gave you a number, a unique number assigned to that book. I remember those days. I remember them very fondly. Sometimes when you got the catalog number and went there, the book wouldn't be there. Somebody checked it out. Or stolen it. But, you know, but even then you could browse around for other things that you wanted. It was like being in a bookstore without the possibility of buying anything, you know, because all you had to do was check it out. And all these books were arranged in a nice, tidy order, similar books next to each other on the library shelf. I loved whiling away the hours browsing through the library stacks like that. You love that? Oh, I used to hate that. I mean, look, suppose you uh, originally came looking for a book on, say, the U.S. Civil War, but you decided for some reason because of the project you were working on that you needed to browse through more widely. You needed to browse through all the books about any Civil War whatsoever, no matter when or where they happened. And maybe you wanted to n learn about the role of these Civil Wars in reshaping phil subsequent philosophical thought, or you wanted to read novels about Civil Wars. What then, John? What then? What, what then? Well, I would say, see a shrink. I mean, for goodness sakes, who cares about that? But suppose some nutcase does want that. He wants to know, quote, everything having to do with some civil war or another throughout history. I admit the old library catalog wouldn't be of much use. It sure wouldn't. That's because the library didn't have any easy way to tell you what books it had about civil wars in general, their histories, their impacts, fiction about it. It has had no way to tell you that stuff. And, and even if, if someone uh, who had this peculiar desire did manage through a lot of catalog searching to generate a list of all the different books about all the different civil wars and their cultural and philosophical implications, he'd have to spend hours physically tracking down the book section by section because they'd no doubt be spread all over the library. You're exactly right. That's why I used to hate browsing in libraries. But w So wouldn't it be infinitely better? infinitely better if the library could instantly recategorize and reshelf the books to suit your needs as a would-be browser at that very moment? No, it wouldn't be infinitely better. It'd be infinitely worse, and it would raise a lot of dust. 
But you use the word browser, and that's a good choice of words because that's the sort of thing that an internet browser does really well. Exactly right. In the digital age, we can have multiple simultaneous ever-shifting categories made up on the fly. And once all books, newspapers, magazines, you name it, once they all go fully digital, we won't even have to worry about how books are arranged on, uh, on an actual physical shelf. We'll be able to rearrange the books on the virtual shelf in an instant to anyone's liking. That sounds well and good. And as always, your enthusiasm for all things technological is almost infectious. But I have to admit, I really find something satisfying about the old days. Those old fixed categories and well-ordered shelves weren't just there because of the limits of the old technology. They represented somebody's best estimation of the proper divisions of human knowledge, Mr. Dewey or Mr. Library of Congress. They carried some weight because they were backed by authority, the authority of tradition. In the brave new digital world you love so much, where seemingly anything goes, where categories are made up on the fly and the virtual shelf, as you call it, can be arranged at the whim of a user, what separates the good from the bad, the wheat from the shaft, the silly from the serious? Well, those are good questions, John, and I admit that maybe in the digital age we are at sea on a chaotic ocean of information. Hence our topic. Too much information. Luckily, we don't have to try to navigate the sea alone. We've got the help of someone who has thought long and hard about these opportunities and challenges. That's David Weinberger, author of Everything is Miscellaneous, The Power of the New Digital Disorder. And, of course, our listeners are invited to join in, too. 1-800-525-9917. That's 1-800-525-9917. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, April Demboski, takes a look at this new digital disorder from the perspective of librarians and Wikipedians. She files this report. These days, when we have a question, we simply type it into Wikipedia or Google and immediately get a tailored answer. That's not the way it used to be. When somebody would call for a stock quote for the last 10 years, we used to have to pull 10 volumes of quarterly reports. Now you put in the stock and the time period that you want, and it's up on the screen in you know less than a minute. Kathy Lahan has worked at the San Francisco Public Library for 28 years and is now the chief of the main library. She's witnessed the information revolution firsthand. I asked her if she thinks there is too much information. Absolutely. (laughs) It is overwhelming. Then I asked Wikipedia spokesperson Jay Walsh the same thing. Absolutely not. If it's a question of technology, there's lots of it. You know, there's lots of space. So if the ceiling isn't there, then I say, let's fill it up. There is so much material, and if you don't have some way to categorize it in pretty much detail, you're going to lose it. This is something the Internet's not particularly good at, that notion of looking at a wall of information and sort of thinking about randomly just kind of going into it and seeing it. So libraries help me, at least personally, they help me visualize information. They help me think about it in ways that I can manage better than the vastness of the internet. And that's why I think librarians will always be around and always be the keeper of information because if we don't have a subject heading or a link to it, it's going to disappear. But as we personalize our research, we can lose our curiosity. The internet, like Wikipedia, is exactly what you want it to be. You know, you get the experience that you want. If you're really only interested in NASCAR, um, you can avoid all the other information on the planet. It's good and bad. I mean, I'm glad all that information is out there, but how do you filter it? I do think it's caused some problems politically, culturally. So I think we do have to continue to question what we read. 
hey, the internet probably functions like a library and that it's complex and that you have to be helped to find the right sources of information. When internet users get confused by bad sources of information, they go to the library to sort things out. Somebody will come in and say, well, I've been taking ginseng for, you know, my eyes and nothing's happening. What should I be doing? You know, and then you, the librarian finds something and says, well, you shouldn't be taking ginseng at all for this. We can't be experts in everything, but we can be experts in knowing what sources are the experts. That doesn't always include Wikipedia. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag. It's open, it's nice, there's some good information, but it's grain of salt too, I think. We're still an encyclopedia, we're still a general knowledge resource. It's not perfect, but it's the biggest thing of its kind. The central feature for me is currency. It's so now. If it's a new thing like the bombings in, in Bombay a couple of months ago, there was an article created literally moments after it happened. Britannica can't really be in that space. The good news is, if there are millions of young people who are getting answers quickly, no, they're not getting the, the vast sort of world of information, but it certainly is probably opening the doors to deeper quests for knowledge and information. And that's where a library still plays a central role. We're the gateway to honing down to what someone really might want. There's no notion that I'm aware of of empty libraries. I think they're, they're still home ground, they're still headquarters and, and sort of the first space where you know you're among knowledge. And I think smart libraries, the ones that I've seen, bring in computers, but they're also, there's a, a great pedagogy around the technology. I think the library has really been thoughtful in trying to keep the human touch, but also introducing some technology things. Our librarians are almost social workers in a lot of ways. I love watching the shifting role of the library and how it grows and changes. For Philosophy Talk, I'm April Demboski. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.